Hey, welcome back to another episode of Stratford and Chat. I think today's episode is going to be a little bit more upbeat, you know, mm-hmm. better things to look forward to, obviously. Um, lots of news since we last spoke. Actually, we didn't even post last week's episode because... Yeah. yeah um, I mean- <laughs> so the last couple of results weren't that great, and the resulting podcasts were probably even worse. They were definitely a reflection of how we felt after the game, and uh, I'm not going to lie, the the vibes were, were pretty low, but... Um, I think that uh, you know we're in a better, sort of a better spot now after a decent result on the weekend, one-one against Chelsea away from home. It's never a bad result if you want to just look at the result itself. But the way we played, I mean, it's more of the same. Yeah, I mean, before that as well, we did qualify somehow. We finished first place in the Champions League group oh, as well. Yeah, that's true. Something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. Despite all that all the turmoil we've experienced the, the, the near, you know, disaster, you know, if it wasn't for uh, Cristiano, I, I felt like still finish on top with the game to go is, it's a massive achievement. Somehow. Yeah. I mean, especially with the team that we have right now, but like, um, it is kind of crazy that we finished first, but it, it is also the easiest group that we could possibly get. I think, you know, when we had the draw, we were just like extremely thankful that we had this super easy draw. Uh, and we won the group, which like we should. But again, the way we're playing, I think we should have probably finished last in the group. Yeah, I think there's a. I think if we take away Ronaldo's goals, I think we where we are last. We probably would have been eliminated yeah. by match day three or something. Yeah. But yeah, I think finishing first is huge, and hopefully we'll be facing. I mean, there's a bunch of second place teams that you you would want to avoid, right? Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. PSG is one of them. Uh, <laughs> that'd we're, be pretty interesting yeah but um, i think i think we're all too familiar with with uh, psg at this point yeah. you know just having them having them in, in in the group stage last year and then even that night in paris with rashford's penalty and you know we've, we've played them enough so i'd be happy with uh with with another draw hopefully probably an easier one we're we're gonna need it yeah i mean i just hope we can get our act together have a lucky draw, you know, draw against uh, Porto or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Yeah, speaking of um, getting our act together, should we get right into, I guess, the major news that's that's come out since since we last spoke? And, and that is uh, Manchester United have announced their interim manager for the next six months, and that is Ralph Rangnick. Hopefully I said that okay. Bit of a tough one to say, but... Um, I think the the overall response has been fairly positive. I think there's lots of optimism with uh, with this guy coming in because he's a bit of an unknown quantity uh, in these parts, but he's so well respected by the coaches. Yeah, I'm pretty intrigued that you know, even though this is an interim job, uh, managerial wise, right? We do have something set in stone for the future, and I have seen Ranit's name. Uh, being tossed around a couple times, not just for United. I'm pretty sure he was set to join Milan uh, last year, I think it was. I do know that Chelsea did offer Ranić the the Chelsea job um, last year as well. And I, I don't know. There's it. It's nice to have to hop on the German manager train for once. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely there's definitely a bias there where it's like we are more accepting of this news just because of how successful a incoming German manager has been. Exhibit A, Liverpool. Exhibit B, Chelsea. So I think 
that's why people have reacted very positively and the media is also because the media does like sway public opinion very easily and i feel like the media has been very um they're they're essentially gassing him up a lot um you know and it i mean it's kind of rubbed off on me i mean i'm excited i mean he the thing is i think the some of the quotes that came out was um you know something along the lines of i'm excited to um you know have the players get better but most importantly have the team get better you know and like there was an emphasis on like playing as a team and i think that that's one of the things that he can bring to the table it's bringing a style of play a way of playing and then making us better as a team because again that's like the main issue that we've been talking about these last couple of weeks is that we have all these great players great but they're all just playing as individuals they can't play together i think you know on the point of gassing ralph up i'm a little concerned that people have unrealistic expectations for the next six months Mm -hmm. because i can't imagine that we're gonna look like champions league contenders or if we're gonna win any trophy whether it's fa cup or the champions league um, yeah you can't really do much yeah we can't really do much right and uh yeah i i i think it's just the media building us up just for them to you know tear us down you know when we don't have the results (laughs) which is what Uh, they're so good at doing right yeah they're so good at that it's just building up building down the stories they you know it's the clicks they love it exactly you know it, it is an interesting appointment because the conditions surrounding it are i would say unique where we are so we didn't state him as an interim manager for the next six months but the conditions around the contract if you will were that he would subsequently be placed in a consultancy role with significant influence over decisions made in the future which is is very vague um, kind of a vague title, vague position, vague mandate. And it makes me wonder how much power is he going to have? Is he going to shape the recruitment of the team? Is he going to be influential in management in, in the selection of the next manager, right? Are they, is he going to select players that would fit his style, a manager that would agree with his style? Like, is that kind of what we should expect? Or is it because when I hear the word consultant, I think someone that's probably just getting a paycheck and, you know, here and there he might give some advice. But at the end of the day, like he's, you know, not really present at the club building anything. No, I think personally, I don't think he would have joined if he wasn't promised some you know, control. Yeah, exactly. And uh, based off all the videos I've watched in the last three or four days about this guy, it sounds like he's pretty much hands-on about everything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the medical staff recruiting um, under 23s, he wants to control everything or, you know, he has a view on how things should be uh, managed. And I, I think Ralph, um, this is exactly what the club club needs. It's eight, eight years too late, right? And based off the articles I've been reading, you know, hopefully, you know, Woodward's gone by the end of the year for real. And I think with uh, John Murtoff, Murtoff, um, he he's he was the one personally rooting for Randing's um, appointment. 
And that's a good sign in itself because we're going to finally leave the footballing decisions to the footballing experts. Right. And yeah. That's a great sign in itself. Well, that's kind of what, what we've been calling out for as fans for a long time, right? And that's one because Manchester United, they, they haven't been to the one to separate the footballing decisions from the business decisions when whereas other clubs have. And so it is interesting that we've now decided to go down that route if if that's really the route we're going down and if he's gonna have a lot of a lot of influence. Um so, but I agree with what you said, though. I think that this is the perfect um, appointment because I think that it is a stark contrast as to what Ollie did, where I think maybe he was a little bit less hands-on on everything like that. And he uh, was a bit more carefree when it came to the way that we were playing, the style that we were playing. And so, yeah, I think that this is this is going to be a welcomed change. And I mean, listen, it can it can only go up from here. Um, yeah, it can't it can't be any worse. Can't so, be any worse. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see how he implements if he does implement it this season. Uh, the famous uh, Gergen press is, I think, the term that's been that's been flown around because I mean, just looking at our game against Chelsea, uh, our our pressing was horrendous. I mean, Chelsea easily broke broke through the press. And then subsequently went through the middle and then carved us up, um, you know, like turkeys on Thanksgiving dinner. So, mm. like, <laughs> well, that, that's the interesting question now is that how much do you think our current squad would be able to commit to this uh, new pressing system that he would want to implement? Because, I, you know, in my mind, we do have some players that are perfect for that, you know. Uh, Marcus, Bruno, um, Jesse, even, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be great in that system. But I think the biggest elephant in the room now is how do we, what do we do with Ronaldo, right? And it, yeah. it's so many questions. Is he willing? Can he, can he press? You know, like, or would Raph make some exceptions for him? I think it's, it, it, these are really crucial questions that we're going to have to answer, especially. And we don't know if Ronaldo is going to be part of the long-term vision anymore, right? Well, there there is no long-term vision with 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 Ronaldo because of by long-term you mean like next year or Yeah, next next year. half a year, year, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I expect him to fiddle around a little bit with the players that do play. Um, you know, we might see some faces that aren't always playing. Like I think Donnie, for example, is someone that's very willing to press and very willing to disrupt and do the dirty work. So maybe that's a player that, that Ralph looks at and thinks is, is an asset to the team. Um, so, you know, it will, it will be interesting, but the sort of the discussion around Ronaldo and, and whether or not he fits, you know, as, as a counter argument, like it's just, I think that you should always look at Ronaldo as, as an asset and not a liability because he's mm-hmm. such a, a wonderful player and he can, he can just give you those moments. So if you can use him to your advantage, instead of thinking about it as a disadvantage, um, like I think it could work wonders. Right. And Ronaldo's a smart guy. And when it comes to pressing, you don't, it's not like you're constantly pressing You're you press in moments and it's just about the team realizing all together at once when it's optimal to press. Right. Like I think with RB Leipzig, I think that they would press as soon as the ball went out, went out wide. 
um, to like to one of the fullbacks, and then they would force that fullback to make a decision or make a play through through the middle, and then they would compress there, right? So it's like it's it's in moments, it's in instances, it's not the whole game because well, you and me both know Ronaldo's not going to run all game. Yeah, and but here's the thing: like our biggest problem is that we don't play like a team, right? Mm-hmm. And in order for everyone to play like a team, everyone needs to commit. And yeah. I feel like a lot of Ronaldo's, you know, his brilliance this year was down to the fact that we just can't play together. Mm. And he has to carry the burden himself. So I'm interested to see, you know, how we'll be able to balance that, I suppose. And yeah, I, I you know, thank, thank goodness, you know, it, nothing excites me more than having an angry German manager, you know, whipping <laughs> these boys into shape because <laughs> they need it. They need to be... Yeah, yeah, because the these last couple of weeks, and we've said it time and time again, and we've said it again in this podcast, but it's it, it, they just don't play as a team, and I think we we realize that, and this appointment speaks to that because he's bringing in a system, he's bringing in a way to play, and the players are gonna have to have to figure it out because man, like at, at the end of the day, like these these results are just unacceptable. You know, so something has to change. So, if anything, I, I would hope that the players are are willing to to listen to this new manager coming in and would would be more willing to buy in um, to whatever system he implements. Because what we're doing right now, sure as shit, it's not working. So something's got to yeah. give. Uh, it can only get better. Like that's the, you know, if if think about it, so these players don't have didn't have any guidance. Mm-hmm. Now, with some guidance, like we can probably get a string of win- wins going along. Hopefully, you know it's an important time of year. We're, we have so many matches this month. Mm-hmm. Like we already played Arsenal in three days. I think it, I think it is. Yeah, I think we so, played them on Thursday. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really excited, happy for Rangnick. I think another interesting, you know, point about his um uh, about his appointment would be that we have free choice. We have a much easier choice in recruiting whoever we want at the end of the summer as well or yeah. at the end of the season. So like Ten Hag, Pochettino, probably easier to uh, to snag from Ajax or PSG, right? And what's exciting for me is that hopefully Ranjik has an ideal candidate in mind mm-hmm. and he would be able to tell, you know, and say this is the guy we have to go for. Yeah, but- I mean, again, it, it's such an interesting appointment, be, and the conditions around that appointment, like him accepting the interim manager role because he said at Chelsea that he didn't take it because no one respects a manager that's there for six months. But then he accepts this one as an interim manager for six months because of the fact that he can be there for the next two years. Um, so. Like we touched on it a bit earlier, but yeah, it is interesting. So is he is he going to be the one to lead the charge when it comes to recruitment? And assuming yes, that would be a manager who likes, like I guess you could say heavy metal football, where it's um, a la Jurgen Klopp, like pressing, counter, you know, exciting football, which is what Ralph is kind of you know like that's his brainchild almost 
right? So who's who's the better fit for that? Is it is it Ten Hag? Is it Pochettino? Or is it somebody that's just not even on our radar? And Ralph um, just sort of backs him, and we mm. end up with whoever that is. You know, like it, there's just so many questions and just so many possibilities. So it'll be really interesting to see. I've seen people ask, you know, what are the chances that even Rangnick might stay behind and do it full time? Yeah. So I'll, I was going to ask you that as well. So yeah. like, do you almost feel like sad or too bad that he's only doing it for six months and this, is, is, this isn't like a, a full time appointment? No, this is great to see it's temporary. You know, we, we don't know what's going to happen, right? We've mm-hmm. already, we've made the mistake of um, signing somebody a bit longer than we should have to be honest well that's like um, every every single time yeah. but, but like so like i guess the question is what would it take for me for us to be to to be convinced and and say Rennick's our guy for the long term like i feel like he would have to win the champions league mm-hmm. like when pretty much everything is that's still <laughs> attainable right the champions league fa cup and finish higher than fourth somehow well that's okay. the only I mean, way i would even consider it i disagree with that but is it is that even an option? Do you think for him to stick around after? I that's, think that's what I'm wondering. Like, is it is is it him that says like, okay, I'll just do it for six months, whatever. But I want to be as a consultant, and I want to direct where the football club goes. I I, I want to be at the director level, looking at you know the operations of the football at the club. I don't want to necessarily be a manager. Or does he love being a manager? And he thinks like, okay, if I can take this six month job. I can probably keep it. This is my chance, but I'm gonna have a lit a little bit of security here, and just say, okay, if it doesn't work out, I have two years to just collect a paycheck, and I'll be fine. My uneducated guess would be that he prefers to be a director because I think that's where he has the most influence. Hmm. And if he truly loved managing, I feel like he would manage more than twice in the last two seasons of the last 10 years or whatever i think yeah right but it is so, but it, it is interesting yeah. because like i saw an interview with a manager i, I don't know who it was but it was one it was one of the epl managers but they said that he loves being hands-on he loves coaching mm. you know so like is he one of those directors of footballs that that will yes like lead the recruitment and um you know figure out the way we play or, and also be there on the pitch at the training sessions with the players instilling that sort of attitude you know like like there's just so many unknowns like i just don't necessarily know how this arrangement is going to pan out yeah it's impossible to know without actually seeing the results yeah. and who knows maybe ralph is like oh man this is a pain in the ass just to manage in the premier league it's a it's a whole nother level compared to the bundesliga there's more yeah. media scrutiny there's yeah. a lot more politics at man united right and I personally, I, I just want to see a Ten Hag or a Posh that, you know, truly agrees with Ralph and the vision, mm-hmm. right? Because I think the the argument for Posh could be is that he's done in the Premier League. He's no, He knows what it's like, and he, he truly, truly wants this job. But I think Ten Hag also is just, he, he plays an attractive brand of football, right? Mm-hmm. He's won trophies too. Yes, but like and, again, you have to take that with a grain of salt because the the Eredivisie is not a very competitive league. So that's true. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm so glad I'm not making this this decision, right? <laughs> and I'm sure this might be influenced how Pochettino does at PSG, right? Because 
if Posh doesn't win, somehow doesn't win Liga again, or doesn't win the Champions League, do we look at that? Do we look at Posh a bit differently by then? Yeah, I I don't know. I'm honestly my mindset is that I'm more looking at the present, and I'm much more excited about Ralph Ragnick's appointment than I mm. am at a potential Posh appointment. I'm much more um, bullish on Ralph than I w- than I would be with Poch or a Ten Hag. Mm. And going back to your question of, you know, what would it take for us to go long term with Ralph? You say winning the Champions League, and then at the minimum has to be the Champions League, right? At the minimum, and then finishing top four, winning FA Cup or whatever. Yeah, for me, what would make me want him? What would make us want to sign him on for another year or two? We just play better. We just play as a team. It's that simple. I don't care if we finish top four. We just need to play better. Like play as a team. Play attractive football. But we did technically play a bit better, you know, when Ollie joined. Right there was yes, that balance. But but and I. You can check the receipts on these podcasts, but I was never convinced with our style of play. I said there was improvements, Mm -hmm. but I said that we relied too much on individual players at times and that cost us in a lot of games. And that's why we dropped a lot of points. And that's why there was such a big gap between us, City and Liverpool, because we never played as a team like a Liverpool did, like a City did. We could never reach those heights, you know? So we, we, we sort of plateaued with Solskjaer and we got as far as we could, right? And now we've hit that wall. We fell down on our asses and now we have to regroup and, you know, figure out what we're going to do. And hopefully Ralph's the man to do that. Yeah. I'm quite concerned for top four next year. I think we're, I mean, obviously there's still, there's still plenty (laughs) to play, but not looking good. It's not looking good. I'm quite concerned. Uh, But, um, you know, after so after we we, we play Arsenal on on Thursday, uh, I was looking at our at our schedule and and the run of games in the Premier League, like the next couple of games with under Ralph are are fairly um, like winnable for a long time up until up until March. That's you when it. <laughs> that's when we play you City serious again. Yeah, like, that's when we play a big team. Like we play. And and in Wait, March, so March really? Yes. What, and in, what happens in January and February? Do you want me to go through the list of the games? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So after Arsenal, we play Crystal Palace. Okay. Um, Champions should League against that. Young Boys. Whatever. Should we should yeah. Norwich, Norwich, um, okay. Brentford, Brighton, okay. wow. Newcastle, okay. Burnley, Wolves, okay. Aston Villa, West Ham, which are like fairly decent teams, but like still, yeah. Burnley again, Southampton. Leeds, Watford, and now we're in March. So that that stretch of games, they're it's like you know not difficult at all. It's promising because you know we don't have to. And there's less pressure about getting results, right? Or is there pressure because these are all winnable games? We well, should be. That's winning. true. But if we Time can to build. test and try out mm-hmm. our new tactics against lower side teams, we gain our confidence. Yes. Right? Yeah. And by March, we'll be. Hopefully, you know, much March, better than we were today. Hopefully we get our shit together because we play City, Tottenham, Liverpool, Leicester City. In that order? Yes. 
That's that's insane. <laughs> yep. That I I that that's gonna decide whether we're in the top four then. By that time, we'll yeah. know exactly what kind of team we are. I mean, so the season's not it's a disaster. I yes. mean anyway, but it's not like completely, you know. It's not completely um, dead in the dead water, in the water yeah. but it yeah. is looking bleak. We are on the outside looking in, definitely. Yeah, I'm nervous like to see whether if Ralph can make a huge impact right away or not. I'm gonna I wanna keep my expectations low. But yeah. well, like, it, we also have the talent, man. We we generally it's not like he's walking into um the squad that Ale inherited yeah. two years ago, right? This is a great team. Like, good great players, not a great yeah. team. I mean, yeah, sure. A great squad of players. Yeah. Yes. Like no, but you need to make that distinction because yeah. like that's our issue, man. Like we have great players. We're a shit team. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like uh and yeah, and again I hope we go for a midfielder in January, man. We could use uh Well, it yeah. will be interesting to see what our recruitment looks like because and I kind of thought about this earlier, but like our recruitment has very much been since Alex Ferguson's left, it's very much been who's the best player in the world? Like, who's the best that we can get our hands on? It's never, okay, what player fits into our system? Mm. You know? So I wonder if Ralph is going to, if he even has time to go through a recruitment process, if he's going to go for players that fit more so the system. And we turn those players into world beaters. You know, like that's kind of what Liverpool did. Um, Not so much Man City. They just get the best players and they figure it out. But... I think it's probably just a better way of going about it because clearly just buying the best players just isn't working. I mean, Ralph has a proven track record of finding talent mm-hmm. way before anyone else does. Yeah. That's exciting. Just and building a team. Yeah. You know, from the ground up, which is what we need. I mean, theoretically, we're one defensive midfielder away from, you know, playing to our potential, aren't we? That's cap. I mean, you look at our squad right now. Like, you tell me, like, how do you improve our wingers? Like, there's no one better you can get. I know, but then that just speaks to how bad we are as a team. Like, that's why we. It's, we, it's, it's a team thing, not it's it's a, a team thing. thing. Exactly, it's not a player. So, like, adding another player isn't going to really make us that much better. It's. I mean, you don't think a, replacing Fred or McTominay is going to help? Well, it, it'll and help, sure, but I, I think it'll make a huge difference to have someone like. But like one player isn't going to make the difference for us. It's got to be a team thing. It's got to be a, a team adjustment. It's got to be a way of playing. Like at, the whole team has to buy in. They have to know what they're doing, because man, like just the way we play is just so depressing. Like you know, I guess if we if we want to touch base or touch back on on the Chelsea game, like we look like a like a Burnley out there, like. Um, oh, I mean, I I had no problem with it because I mean, honestly, yeah, I know. As long as we didn't get embarrassed, like I like was, it's, yeah, it's, I was happy it's, with that. It's to be expected, of course, but yeah. like you don't want to see that. Like we saw that under like David Moyes, um, like Louis Van Gaal, Mourinho, Mourinho, especially. and so now we're seeing it again, and that's when we're at our lowest when we succumb to these better teams, just play like five back and just you know pray to God that we don't concede and like i kind of get it because like yeah like i know why we did it because you know it's an interim manager like michael carrick like what is he gonna do um so what what is he gonna offer i know like it's it it was inevitable but you know again like i'm just saying 
we need to get better big time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael Carrick still maintains his uh, undefeated status as a uh, manager. Hopefully, you know, I, I, I hope that Ralph is able to get his work permit and start tomorrow, but it's looking unlikely. I think Michael might be starting still managing by Thursday. Yeah, which is, no bit, idea. which is a bit strange, but... Uh, it's Brexit. It's, it's literally because of Brexit. Yeah. And that's a bit annoying. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, the, the sooner he comes in, the better. Uh, but, you know, looking ahead, we do have Arsenal, a bit of a midweek fixture. Um, you know, we give Arsenal a lot of shit. We banter them a lot, but it seems like the tables have turned and we are now the the, the banter squad and Arsenal is kind of uh, flying high at the moment. So we should still beat them. Like, there's no excuse not to. <laughs> like, I, I still don't rate them. Despite us being poor, it doesn't change the fact that they're, they're also poor as well. They're also, excuse me, they're also not very good, but they're better than us, man. They're a better team. They At least they know what they're doing <laughs> when they have the ball. I can't say the same for us. Yeah, I, I'm going to be very disappointed if we don't get the three points. I think it's attainable. All right, give me a score prediction. Yeah. I'm going to say 2-1 to Man United. 2-1 to Man United. I'll say 1-1. Um, Boring. It's going to be a nil-nil draw. Nil-nil draw. Oh. Yeah, where, is, this, uh, is this home or away? I, th- I believe it's away. Okay, yeah. Nil-nil at the carpet. Yeah, man. But we'll see. Uh, things hopefully starting to change. I mean, Jaden Jaden's finally scored his first Premier League goal as well. Happy. There's, there's there are positives, right? Mm, yes, there are some positives. There's there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. We just don't know how much light there is yet. But there's hope, and that's all we want at mm. this point. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Interesting couple of weeks to happen. Uh, we'll be back next week, next weekend. Um, we we play Palace on Sunday as well. Yes. And I hope that by that time, Ralph will be in charge and we can get a first glance of how we play. So we'll make sure to dissect that if there's any changes, maybe a change yeah. in team selection. Um, who Just knows? Get Fred out of the squad. Yeah, no, yeah. Mean, hint, hint, hint. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we've been, you know, obviously... Um, crapping on Fred for quite a while, but mm-hmm. I think warranted. A, a lot of people on Twitter are still claiming that he is the best. He he had a really good performance against Chelsea. No, um, I I don't know where it where no where that narrative is coming from. Me neither. In my opinion, I don't know what game they're watching. He, yeah, exactly. Just because they saw like one clip where he like he tackled and then got the ball. Yeah. Like, okay. So he, he did that once out of like uh, how many games? You know. I mean, he's 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 just he's not good enough. Um, and like he had like one instance, for example, that just infuriated me when he just passed the ball to uh, Ederson when it was like oh M- Mendy, <laughs> oh Mendy, sorry, yeah, when he just passed the ball to Mendy. It's uh, a sign was, of sportsmanship and respect. That was ridiculous. You that felt was, bad. That was so bad. That's like Sunday League, man. That's like oh, I've seen, I've seen that in Sunday League. It, it's it's inexcusable, right? And, yeah. and people are saying, oh, he he should have been man of the match, despite that, like he had. Lots of interceptions, tackles, and I'm like, he offers basically nothing. And do you us. know who got man of the match for us? It was Scott. Yeah. Why? Like, 
it should have been De Gea, if anything. It it should have been somebody on the bench, honestly. <laughs> like it should it should have been no one. Yeah, like De Gea, sure, because yeah, know, he actually made some good saves. But yeah, um, <laughs> like Mc McTominay, man, like a, a couple of instances where he could have passed the ball forward. Fred was like wide open, forward pass, and he opts to go behind to the side, lateral, boring. Did I show you that video of Rangnick saying like? We do not want backwards passes. We don't do sideways passes or whatever. Oh, no, and I didn't like, see that. Please, no. please say that to Scott. I know, like, because roast him. he was guilty of that uh, hideous crime in, in the game. And, like, I almost screamed at him, right? If, yeah. if I was there at the stadium, I would have yelled at him, like, you, what? You know, like, it's yeah. he, oh. So I don't know how he got me into the match. But, you know, that just shows uh, where we're at. At the moment, yeah, pretty tough sus. times. Yeah, tough times, well, but hopefully things get better. Um, I think that's going to probably wrap it up for us here. Um, bit of a hopeful, a hopeful podcast, and you know we'll be back next weekend with a bit more to uh, digest. We play again Arsenal midweek, and then Crystal Palace on the weekend. So we'll have two games to kind of look at and see where we're at. And uh, yeah, so with that being said, if you haven't followed us already. Please do follow us on Twitter at Stratford Chat. With that being said, we will see you guys next weekend.